Hey, fuckers. How the fuck you doing? Are we you, like... Yeah. yeah, yeah we're swearing all, for, all you motherfuckers. Fuck for fuck fuckers. Shout out to Ali G. Yeah. Uh, welcome uh, to the Super Show podcast. It's a podcast ostensibly about video games. Uh, and unfortunately, I have to break the bad news early. I'm your host for this week, Jamie. But making up for that just a little bit um, is my co-host. Oh, slash guest. We'll see, kind of how, we'll see how the relationship shakes out. Chris, how the fuck yeah. you doing? I'm doing fucking exceptionally well. And as you could tell, we've woken up today and we've chosen violence. So chosen violence violence, violence against the algorithm. Well, it's a bit of a social experiment as well, because I don't know if people know this, but when, when we upload this video to YouTube, we still have to do this weird questionnaire before it gets quote unquote monetized. And they're like, say, like level with us. How much are you swearing in this video? And we have to say like, oh, okay, we swear a little bit. And yeah, we the, submit the, it. The, the, the tick box is light profanity. Light profanity. So let's see if there really is some AI monstrous machine checking every word we say and every breath we oh take. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Prepare for demonetization. Prepare to be deplatformed, Jamie, is the terminology these days. Yeah. Uh, speaking of deplatforming, Chris, uh, the mm. elephant not in the room, the man who has deplatformed himself, Mr. Alex Jones, <laughs> after his grand <laughs> reveal last week and his brave and lauded return from uh, the fight against COVID-19. Um, the more acute and eagle-eyed viewers amongst you at home mm. might notice that he's actually not here right now again. Again. Um, and it's not because he's got COVID-19 sort of like, the, the you know, late, you know, what do they call it? Murmurs. Like when, you know, like... A, like Murmurations. A, yeah. yeah, like a week after an earthquake where the Japanese skyscraper is still actually wobbling just a little bit. He's actually got something completely different. Long story short, Jonesy is shitting himself uh, right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got raging, um, abhorrent diarrhea. Yeah, uncontrollable. Just like, you know, do you remember when you were young, Jamie, and you used to, if it, if it's running, if, what was it? if it's running down a fountain, it, uh, if it's oh. running down a mountain and it's flowing like a fountain, diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. I thought you were going to do, if it's yellow, let, them, yeah, let it mellow, like the flushing advice. Oh, no, no. No, it's the the thing like you know you're camping, you're climbing a mountain, and then it comes out of your asshole, flowing like a brown fountain. That's diarrhea. That's that's the Alex Jones story. The Alex know? Jones story. He's uh, his asshole has in the past week been compared to that of a leaky and rusty radiator. For those of you who oh. felt like you needed another metaphor to kind of add to the visual uh, picture that we're creating here around Jonesy's mm. asshole. Um, mm. So our thoughts are with him. Uh, we hope and that his, everything and his chocolate starfish. And yeah, and it's and and the hot and his hot dog water for that matter. And, not, and um, okay, what is hot dog water like? What, I I get what the chocolate starfish thing is, but I don't understand. The well, I mean, the, the, I, I I presume the 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 hot dog, the titular hot dog, is a is okay. a man's penis, I, right? I I I get that. Flaccid or erect? I don't think it matters. I don't think that changes Jesus the flavor Lord. of the water it basks in. I mean, it might. This is like a Brainiac video. Now you need to do an experiment to see if, like, the, the fucking... Yeah, so, someone get Vsauce on the line. Yeah, hey, Vsauce, Michael here. So what does <laughs> hot dog-flavoured water really taste like? Hey. <laughs> hey, Vsauce, Michael here. My cock is in brine. Yeah. That, that's why he always shoots himself from, like, the, the collarbone up, because... I get it. I get it, because he's naked underneath. It turns out, yeah, Vsauce, Michael, sexual, sexual deviant. Um, oh. You heard it here. Allegedly, sorry, allegedly. Allegedly, there's, allegedly. A, there's a big difference we, between a we known. Are going I didn't realize how hard we were going to go with this episode, Jamie. We're not going that hard. We're just finding our feet. That's the way that podcasts work. 
You just start Fair. talking and you see what happens. We could start again for a week. Finding finding our feet. This is episode like what one one five. Like, it, yeah. if there was ever any feet to be found, buddy. Oh no, but this is like you know those long running American sitcoms where oh it actually only gets good after season twelve. That's in the phase that we're at. We like <laughs> the first season of It's Always Sunny where you're like I can see what they're going for, but they're clearly not there yet. So you're saying everything up to this point is been that season one of of Always Sunny. Just finding wow. our feet. We're still in season okay. one. I'd like to think, canonically speaking. Um, the good okay. news, though, okay. is that if you're enjoying season one, you don't just have to watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on major <laughs> podcasting platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. And if you don't want to listen to it on a podcasting platform, then you can also check it out on digital radio at paisleyradio.com. It's beamed out on Thursdays at 10 p.m., repeats on Mondays, so there is no shortage of ways to get your Super Show action in your ears. The Super yes. Show flavor in your ears, actually, I think is the more appropriate. The Super uh, Show flavored uh, water, yeah. Here comes the brand new Super Show flavored hot dog water in your ear. Um, that's that's the new like catchphrase, it. spread it far and wide. I like it. Let's fucking, let's do it. Um, coming, coming, coming to a, a Patreon tier of your choice soon, I guess. I mean, we could, did you see that, was it a week or two ago, Amaranth? Following yeah. the whole bathwater trend, she now is doing fart in a jar stuff. Um, which... Cutie Patootie is a, a company yeah. name. I, I know this because in my previous company, we uh, did some content around, like, you know. <laughs> oh! So no, you... just, just like the news kind of like roundup, like, fucking hell. So just you didn't of... like buy a jar and do like a sniff test or anything? Well, we, we, we did reach out and we were like, hey, you know, like, we'd like, could you send like a review sample? Yeah. Um. And uh, she sent back uh, actual excrement, which I then gave to Jonesy to like sniff, and I think that's probably where. Oh, I see. You know, his, his whole thing happened, and yeah, things got mixed know. up, and one thing led to another, and yeah. now Jonesy has shit a solid in four or five days. Um, <laughs> do, do you remember? Do you remember in the movie, um, uh, a scary movie, where the the guy finally bones the main chick and like all the cum comes out of his body and he gets like fucking shriveled up. I imagine that's what Jonesy looks like now, but just because of like all the shit flowing out of him. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, again, <laughs> uh, we, we we wish him the best if that wasn't clear. Um, and just, you know, just refuel Jonesy. I think that's the main yeah, message, hydrate, the main takeaway. Yeah, hydrate, Exactly. Yeah. Just and plenty of carbohydrate, just firms, mm-hmm. just solids, just solids. Yeah. Stick yeah. to the solids. Uh, rice, toast... And apples, I believe, are the. Uh, is that actually it? Is that how you firm? Is that fiber? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like it keep, keeps it all meshed. Keeps it all mm-hmm. meshed. St- yeah. uh, well, as Jonesy works on getting his poo meshed again, uh, we are waiting <laughs> as he his works now. it all out. Exactly. You could kind of say, in a roundabout way, Chris, that his full return to the podcast has been delayed by a week. Um, I mean, he, either that or he's just fucking taking super advantage, just lazy as hell. He's like, yeah, guys, I got the diarrhea, I'm dying. And then he switches off, you know, like the message or the call or whatever it is, and then just goes back to his masturbatory. See, so. it's possible, but then again, as someone who has genuinely needed a poo for a not short <laughs> portion of a podcast before, and I was probably wearing it on my face at the time, I know how pleasant that is, and I wouldn't wish that upon him. Not just that, buddy. Do you remember those, those ATG live streams? Oh, yeah, I had to leave live streams to go and take... Well, because we'd always do them after lunch. Like, which fucker had the idea? Like, let's sit these guys down <laughs> three to five to live stream. Let's look at their diets. Let's look at the lunches they, they, they eat, these filthy I animals. Think, 
<clears throat> and lock think, them in a room in the basement for two hours. Yeah. I, so you were definitely like king of that. Um, and I think Steph and myself had like one or two times where we had to dash off. But I don't think Jonesy ever had. No, Jonesy, this is the thing. Jonesy, relatively speaking, I think was pretty in control of his bowel movements. Uh, I've yep. got to give credit where it's due, which, um, again, is why we, we, we take this diarrhea situation seriously. And um, yeah. and we hope that he makes a, a safe and solid return shortly. Um, <laughs> do you know what's not going to return to our lives that shor- that shortly, Chris? Tell me. Uh, Rocksteady Suicide Squad game, a.k.a. Oh, Suicide shit. Squad Killed the Justice League, because that's been delayed until spring 2023, which, for anyone keeping count, is a whole year away. Yeah, it's kind of mad, isn't it? So I, I guess this is official word, right? Because we did have reports yes. like, almost like a month ago, I, I believe. Exactly. Like it was last month. We had uh, we called them confirmed rumors, right? Yep. yep. Uh, when our good friend Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg reported that the game was going to be delayed till 2023, the, uh, there was some confusion around it. Cause I don't, do you remember last year where it felt like Gotham Knights was the one that was going quiet? And then Suicide Squad had that big trailer at the Game Awards, which is, you know, right yeah, in the, yeah. the, you know, the dying days of the year. Came out, there was gameplay in that trailer, which we haven't seen from Gotham Knights for ages. And they Allegedly. Were like, well, yeah, we'll see. Allegedly. Um, but then it was like 2022. And I was like, oh, shit, you wouldn't say this now unless you meant it. And it turns <laughs> out they, they just never meant it. Um, <laughs> and now Gotham Knights is coming out this year. In like October or something like that? I well, exactly. yeah, okay, hold on. Like, it, it's far enough in the year that they could delay it to the following year. Absolutely, they could. Absolutely, they could. Although, secretly, I hope they don't. Well, okay, so this is the thing. With, with like Warner Brothers games, because that's kind of like the you know the publishing arm, even though that's been split up, so I don't even... Like, it's all just a big fucking clusterfuck, and I don't know where to kind of like come down on it. But if you look at Warner Brothers as being Warner Brothers, yeah. okay, they've got to release a game this year. Okay. Well, like okay. Then, okay. Well, so just here, here are my. I can think of a couple. Exactly. They've got to release a game this year. It's got to be a profitable game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is at the very least. Now, if you say, if you're just looking at like Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad and you say, okay, Suicide Squad's been delayed. Oh, but don't worry. We've got Gotham Knights coming out this year. That's, that's a big game. But we spoke about it last week. There's an even bigger fucking game that's meant to be coming out this year. Yep, Lego Star Wars. I'm glad you mentioned yeah, it, Chris. Someone yeah. at, no, I'm joking. Uh, no. You're right, yeah. Uh, you're talking Hogwarts. Hogwarts Legacy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, in theory, they don't need to keep Gotham Knights, you know, to kind of like draw a line under their fucking budgets. And True. The, uh... True. But at the same time, when you delay the Suicide Squad, not just into 2023, but specifically into spring 2023, it does kind yeah. of give that idea of, okay, maybe the aforementioned Lego Star Wars is their spring slash early summer filler. Then yeah. they're going to go in, they're going to let Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knights take up two different spots in the fall, and hopefully, in their mind, two different audiences, or I think there's actually going to yeah. although I personally think there'll be a fair amount of crossover there in, the, in, yeah. in terms of mainstream consumers. And then Suicide Squad is going to take that spot, the increasingly popular spot, in sort of February, March, April, where, as a bunch of different games, uh, in particular Elden Ring, reminded us this year, you can make a shitload of money releasing a game in February or March, if you want to. Yeah, Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess maybe, maybe it's this, okay? So, 
Yes, so we allegedly saw some gameplay in the previous trailer for uh, Suicide Squad. Mm. And if you compare it to the initial gameplay that we saw of Gotham Knights, yes, which a lot of people said looked a bit ropey, etc. Like, I didn't think it looked that bad, but obviously it needed some polish here and there. Sure. Uh, and maybe some rethinking of some stuff. But it definitely seemed that, like, Gotham Knights at that time... So at that time that that gameplay trailer came out, it was like Gotham Knights is the gameplay trailer. Suicide Squad had the cinematic trailer. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, oh, okay, so Gotham Knights is ready and Suicide Squad isn't. Obviously, a lot of time has progressed since then. Yes. But looking at the two gameplay things, which is, to be fair, it's not fair because it's like years apart, etc. But mm. it would seem that Suicide Squad is definitely gunning for that like next-gen kind yes. of gameplay and stuff. Whereas Gotham Knights kind of seemed to me to be that that kind of like that bridge game between like, which was the current gen to the next gen. Mm. If that makes sense. Yes. Are you on my level? Are you I am on your level. Which makes sense. So I think also when you think of the, consider the fact that despite the fact that Batman is most definitely not one of the key or marketable playable characters in Gotham Knights, Gotham Knights was still the game that was positioned as Hey, here's that Arkham continuation. Yeah. Here's the yeah. game for people who have been waiting for something to play since Arkham Knight. Which, by the way, Chris, came out all the way back in 2015, which means this delay confirms an eight-year gap between releases for Rocksteady. Um pretty hefty. But maybe also just mad. the way things work at the moment, question mark. It's happening to some other studios, that's for sure. It is kind of mad. Like I remember Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah kind of how long and storied and delayed that was. And then you just kind of think to yourself, that's just becoming the norm now, that amount of time between entries. Like you look at stuff like Red Dead. Um, uh, now it escapes me to get like, well, you, even you could say like Skyrim to whatever the next fucking Elder Scrolls is going to be. And it's just yeah. like, it, that's just the norm because as games get bigger and bigger and more ambitious, like, Shit's gonna take a lot more time to like happen. Yeah, and like things are changing, generations are changing, technology is changing. I think the demands of publishers and uh, boards of directors, and the way you monetize experiences, is always changing. And how you can make games that factor into that, and we, as often as times as players, we don't want them to, but they have to. Um, Yeah, yeah, that stuff changes all the time. Probably makes it really difficult to answer the question of like, hey. What's the video, what do video games look like in four years' time? Because that's what we're aiming for. Really hard yeah. question to answer. Yeah, fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, games. Um, let, games. Let's, let, let's, let's sack off games, Jamie. Like, you know, maybe games, it's too much to cover. Like, I mean, just... again, if we've established we're in season one, it's not too late to pivot. We could just be like this the wire true. and just have a, like a wildly different focus on different parts of the same thing. So, so, yeah, so the next season will be like, we'll be uh, Crypto Bros. Yes, exactly. Uh, and the season after that will be, um, oh, makeup and beauty. That 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 is like top tier CPMs, my friend. Those are real growth markets, right there. I like your thinking. And it, yeah. just 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 constantly oh, pivot. Let me ask you a question, Jamie. Are you ready to spill the tea? Do you have the receipts? I uh, I do have the receipts, but I spilt the tea on the receipts, and now they're quite hard to read. Fucking hell! Yeah. Ah, well, back to the drawing board, I guess. Maybe we do have to stick to gaming. Do you know what? You gave me a weird reminder there. I have this, you know, 
I was about to say, you know who power you fall down YouTube holes. Of course, you know how you fall down YouTube holes because it's what people like you and me spend most of our lives doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I fell down this YouTube hole once, uh, and it wasn't that long ago, where I started watching these pizza reviews. And it's this guy called Dave Portnoy, who is the president of uh, Barstool Sports, which is a media mm, yeah, company okay. in the US. And they I do these. I recognize the name. Yeah, yeah. He he does these daily pizza reviews, and they're like the ones he says one bite, everyone knows the rules, and then proceeds to take more than one bite, and that's part of the gimmick. And um, <laughs> and I, it's one of these things where you watch one and you get recommended, and you're watching the one from the day before and the day before that, and all of yeah. a sudden you're just watching back to back videos of this guy just reviewing pizza around the U.S. pizza <laughs> you'll never eat, and you're like, I don't know why, but I really want to watch this thing, and yeah. that spawned, spawned this rabbit hole of falling further down into okay, what is Barstool Sports because. They don't obviously cover European sports and they cover not just American sports and college level American sports, but with a very sort of, there's a gambling kind of overture to everything, which, mm. you know, doesn't just doesn't really play and get much audience out here. Um, so I was sort of figuring out what they were all about. And one of the products they had was a podcast called, I think it's either called Call Me Daddy or Call Her Daddy. Um, and you talking about like spill the tea and having the receipts. It was one of those podcasts and it was these two sort of, uh, early 20s socialite girls talking about dates that they'd gone on and talking about how to fuck guys and all this how, like blow, like blowjob techniques all this mad stuff as, and then, as uh, part of Barstool, Barstool yeah and it was part of I came under Barstool's umbrella and then I looked it up and it turns out it wasn't under Barstool's umbrella anymore because Spotify bought it for like a hundred million dollars and I was like <laughs> Jesus Christ like it, it's crazy to think and, and don't get me wrong, I know there are the Rogans out there that are also making unfathomable amounts of money. Yeah. But like, it is weird to think that podcasting has become this thing that's something so niche and that something that you assume just wouldn't have that wide an audience actually can almost secretly have hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of listeners and be worth okay. that much money. You know what? I, you, you, you're giving me hope here, Jamie, because I was thinking like, you know, you know my thoughts on sometimes where it's like, oh, I'm the dick man and I always make the dick jokes. and The dick some, man. Some, the, the, the dick man. The dick man. The dick man delivers. And, um, you know, and, and I kind of worry about like, oh, are we are we doing a disservice to ourselves and, and our podcast? But, hey, if, if like two chicks can talk about their, their blowjob techniques and get bought by Spotify for millions of dollars, then there's hope. There's hope. Not a lot of hope for us. You know, I yeah. think we're, well, they were too old and too white and too uh, male to have that <laughs> go for us. But you know, th- there is even a, even as an, a modicum of hope there, a sliver. Then I'll take it. Yeah, I, I found the numbers by the way. So to oh, comment on their growth, they went from twelve thousand uh, downloads to two million downloads in the space what? of just two months. Uh, I guess that's on a per episode basis. So that was the speed what? of the growth. And uh, they signed an exclusivity deal with Spotify for sixty million dollars. So, uh, and it, it, by the way, I will just say it looks like it's just one of the two uh, women now. So, congratulations okay. to I believe Alexandra Cooper for wow. um, what do they say, Chris? They get they got the bag, secured the bag, secured the bag, secured the bag, stroked the shaft, blowjobs for everyone. See, this is the fucked up thing is you give great blowjob advice. And I know because you've given me blowjob advice personally. I took it all on board and I have had great results when it's come to <laughs> self-filation. Yeah, yeah. Just got to get rid of those ribs, baby. Maybe that's the, you know, you talk about all the things we could pivot into, excuse me. Maybe that's the, you know, the side of the die that we're missing is that we just need to talk about sucking dick. 
Do you do you think if you could create a hybrid human dog, it wouldn't actually be worth it because they'd just constantly be licking their own balls and sucking their own dick? I think it would cause a lot of uh, issues and, and raise a lot of really important humanitarian questions. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that the, amongst the foremost, though, it would be pretty fucking stupid and would spend a lot of time just wanky uncontrollably. I mean, there's not, not much different to how, how it is now, Jamie. Like, you know, yeah. be honest. <laughs> Don't ask me how I spent my afternoon. Anyway, um, should we do a comment of the week? Please. <laughs> okay, how about this for you, Chris? Why, Hold Karen? on, have we, fin- have we finished the, the Rocksteady thing? I, I'm so, I've lost track I mean, so I felt I, I felt like we... Uh, if we didn't finish it, then I finished it, because I just went on a massive tangent about <laughs> dick-sucking podcasts. So Fair enough. <laughs> I put a pin in it one way hey, or another. C- come, come for the games. Stay for the. Oh, come about. for the games. Come for the games. Come for the games. Uh, oh, uh, stay tuned to the that... end of the podcast for the for a JPEG of Chris's Elden Ring tribute. <laughs> come for the games, my Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fits like a glove. Oh Let, let's oh, just just stop it. You're filth now. All right? Can't help it. All right, um, cool. Yeah, ca- uh, comment of the week. I was about to say Callum of the week. Yeah, well, this one, well, there's a reason because this one actually comes in from why Callum, why Callum, not being the question, but being the user who has typed in this comment of the week, and they say, oh, right. "Good to see you all back, lads." Again, um, well, spoke sorry. too soon. Yeah, yeah. diarrhea. Um, spoke to Chris recently on his stream about how brilliant the podcast is. Started listening from episode one and haven't stopped listening since. Brackets. Yes, I'm a listener. Came here just to comment. Hashtag algorithm, gotta love that. Hell yeah. Wanted to share that I'll always hold you fondly as I listen to your podcast during the one hour of outdoor exercise time in (laughs) lockdown one, which uh, for anyone that doesn't track the reference, that was when the UK government were like, okay, it's a lockdown, but yes, you can go for an hour of exercise a day if you must. Uh, Keep up the great and entertaining work. That one, once again, coming in from Y Callum. Thank you very much, Callum. That's a kind comment. Um, Yeah. 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 yeah, So so Callum kind of like stopped by... My stream when I was, when I was streaming some Elden Ring, and mm. um, yeah, uh, what, sorry, what's the uh, the URL for that? Oh yes, <laughs> Twitch Twitch TV forward slash Hot Panic. Oh, that's you good. Know. I might favour at that actually. Oh, nice. Uh, I think yeah, I've got maybe, a bookmark. Maybe, maybe give me a, a follow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, he he stopped by the podcast to kind of like say like, oh, you know, such a fan, etc. And it's it, it always feels a bit kind of awkward, doesn't it? Because I, I can categorically say that I can speak for you and Jonesy when I say that, like, we don't, like, we've never felt kind of like these people, you know, like, oh, those are the dudes from YouTube and this, that, the other. Like, we're just like awkward bros just talking about games, right? Sure. Like, you don't, you don't feel like an influencer, do you? No, I, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> but, I was about to say I don't I mean? think like, we've ever been big enough to be. I, I, it's never felt like we've been big enough to be an influencer. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, we're certainly not big enough as a super show, but um, it, it 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 just kind of like it always. It sounds so weird, but it always still even like all these years later when someone says like, "Oh yeah, you know, like you 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 helped me during the lockdown or fighting depression or even just like oh just like you just you entertain me and you help me." with my work you know uh, commute to work etc like it still blows my mind that people like come here for us 
especially when all we do is talk about dicks and I masturbating mean the, podcasts I mean, yeah. and shit, you know. Uh, maybe that's the appeal. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I just I, I get blown away by it. And it's just kind of, it's such a surreal thing. So when to have someone, and, and like having a comment like this is very different to someone coming onto your stream and being like, oh, yeah, dude, you guys are great. It's like, I'm, I'm not great. I'm just a dude in front of a camera that you just happen to click on. I mean, hey, you can still be great, though. Like, yeah, but I don't think I'm great. I don't think. I mean, neither do I. But I'm saying you could be. <laughs> um, with with, an, with enough masturbation, Jamie, anybody could be great. This is true. Actually, it does give you a real nice pop, little confidence yeah. booster. The adrenaline yeah. rushes. I'm kind of with you. Like, I think the main word that you said that resonates with me is surreal. Um, yeah. Which is to say, like, um, I, I, it just. I don't know. It's almost hard to put into words because it it just doesn't really it not not in a negative way. It just doesn't really feel like anything. It almost feels like they're mistaken. Like they that <laughs> like even though yeah. they're just being honest, it's like, well, I get where you're coming from, but you're wrong. Um Yeah, I just feel I just feel like it's like it's like a gag or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like like at some point I got to say like you you guys can't be serious. Like I mean, I I think the reassuring thing Chris is for most people is absolutely not the case, and we are just those random fucking weirdos that they sometimes listen to, but mostly don't actually make it through an entire podcast because of how fucking annoying we are. Hey, I've, um, I've got the analytics to prove that fact, so yes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for clicking off halfway through. We uh, we appreciate you, and you are heard, and you are seen. Um, <laughs> the other question, actually, that or the other thought that was uh, it was raised when I first saw White Cam's comment was when he mentioned mm. that he listened to the podcast during the one hour of outdoor exercise time. It mm. reminded me a little bit of... They kind of, it's not, it's can apply to all media in general, but especially podcasts. Sort of podcast association, where when you only listen to certain things, doing certain certain podcasts when you're Activities, doing certain things, yeah. yeah, which reminded me of a time where um, I, I'm just gonna, you know, I'll be tra- transparent. It's not a fun story to say, but I'll say it anyway. My uh, bathroom at one time, because I was uh, just too obnoxious and oblivious to do anything about it, fell into a state of disrepair. Um, mm-hmm. It needed a too, deep too and much thorough. I, too much of everything. I think Jonesy could actually relate right now to the kind of the state <laughs> that I was regularly creating in that bathroom. And at one point, I'd, I'd like to think on some level depression was in the mix, but I don't really also want to like make excuses myself. But it got to the point where I'm like, "This is ridiculous! Like you're a grown man, do something about it." And I was like, so I went to the supermarket and I just bought every single like, like Mister Muscle product that's on the market, like everything that looked like it would just fucking obliterate. Um, a bathroom I bought it and I was like well I need to listen to something while I'm doing this and I put on one of the old episodes of the giant bombcast back when they were either a tolerable and b like three hours long um, <laughs> yeah. and just sat there for like fucking two hours just fucking just deep, scrubbing deep deep cleaning a, like a, a toilet that would have made a public bathroom blush um, <laughs> that is amazing Jamie I, you've never told me that before and I, I just I love the idea of you like did you have did you have like those those like there's gloves, they're like marigold oh, oh, yeah. gloves. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, hands yeah. and knees, just kind of doing that, just kind of like, like popping to the like, jump on. Uh, even even, I even if even if I did have like a, a, a you know, I'm gonna no, I'm not even gonna say that because it weighed into weird misogynistic territory. Like every dude's got to f- clean a fucking toilet at some point in their life, right? 100%, like 100%. We're, we've all got to man <laughs> up the daily, the exactly. Fucking destroy uh, but it. we've all got to man up and put on gloves. And like some people look like the opposite of the kind of person that might do that. And I know that I might be one of those people. But like, yeah, I don't want to live in a pigsty. You know, at the same yeah. at some point, you've got to like. Hey. You got one of the weird things about living by on your own, especially during sort of the, some of the quieter periods of lockdown, was just having those days where you wake up, look yourself in the mirror, and be like, 
Now, like, come on, like, fucking, <laughs> yeah. like, figure, some, do, do, be better, do better. Yeah, have a shower. It's been five days. Exactly. Yeah, which yeah. is still a, a regular <laughs> conversation <laughs> I have with myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm on a two day schedule for showers. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I, that's good. I'm not going. I'm not going out much. Like, what's the fuck? I'm not a. I'm not a dirty person. Yeah, but you also you live with someone that would turn around and go like, Chris, you fucking stink. I don't. I don't smell though. But this is the thing. And that, like, and that's not a flex. Like, I just. I'm. I'm one of those people that just don't have a body odor. At what point you would you book? start to? Do you ever read that book, Perfume? No, I haven't. Right. Well, there we go. Um, at what point? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like. I don't know. Like five days, probably. I'd, I'd say there'd definitely be some funk. So you do smell. Everyone's going to smell. Like, you can't say, I don't smell, and then go what on to say, like, like, after five it, days, I smell. It, it, if I sweat, that sweat is not smelly sweat. Right, okay. Like, so, we yeah, used to I, work with someone, you just look at them and they stink. So I think yeah. some people look at me and say I stink. I know that for nah, a fact. You, no, you, that, you, you smell like powder. No, I, I know that for a fact. And I probably have smelt rough. But, that, like, again, I have the opposite of you, which is, like, I'm a big guy. There's a lot of folds. There's a lot of creases. There's a lot of sweat. Sometimes I start sweating the second I come out of the shower. It's like it's a constant struggle. Like I'm not gonna smell like I, Jamie. Perfume. You know, what, let, let, let me do you a solid here, okay? I have been in a what, like a two by two vo booth wedged between you and and Jonesy yes, on you have. Hotter, on like the hottest days recorded in London, and smell was not the issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to ask what was, but actually smell no, would probably. I just be. remember the one day when we came out of that VO booth, and I was like wiping sweat off of me, and I realized that's not my sweat. Yeah. Oh I was yeah. Just like yeah. Like there was a window on that VO booth door, and after about five <laughs> ten minutes, you could write on it, and it was like, yeah, that's just. It's like that scene in Titanic where it's like the hand goes. Yeah, like except it's it's sweat. That's and just semen. pure sweat. Well, yeah. there's always a little bit in there again. You can't get rid of all of it. Hey, you couldn't have a you couldn't have a sixless without some semen. Come on. No, you know what else you can't have without semen? Mm. A Patreon. Because True. setting up a Patreon, running a Patreon, and inviting people to support said Patreon, it require it requires spunk. Okay, it requires like <sighs> charisma, and that's what we've got in the ballful, the ballful, <laughs> the ball, the ball by, by the testicle. Yeah. Yeah, something there. Something there. Um, So you can head to patreon.com forward slash super show. And if you'd like to, you can support the super show from as little as $2 a month. What you'll find when you head over there is various tiers. And at each tiers, we give away certain rewards and exclusives just for our our patrons. If you wanted Patreon exclusive podcasts, if you wanted Patreon exclusive videos, behind the scenes looks at how we not just do this, but have done other productions in the past, all the way back to when we still had a studio space in the tail end of the ATG days. If you wanted to see never-before-seen pilots from those ATG days, if you want to see just about anything, head on over to patreon.com forward slash super show. Take a look at the tiers. Take a look at the rewards. And if you would like to pledge as little or as much as you'd like, we would very much appreciate it. And some people that have done exactly that and have earned themselves a shout-out um, for their generosity today are Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Cold K, Helium Joker, I Snort Rock Salt, I Snort Sea Salt, Jesper Cam Dahl Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Piers, Neil Hashtag Daniel, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid. The, oh, this is, seems like a typo, but I'll read it anyway. The Ballless Beauty, The Gorgeous <laughs> Gelding, The Perfectly Symmetrical Stunner, The One and Only, Mark Clancy. 
Someone's been playing a lot of WWE 2K22, got the wrestling name out in, in full effect. <laughs> I um, like it. It's good. And the big dogs, the head on shows, Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, and The Uncaged. Thank you all so much, ladies, gents, and everyone else uh, wow. for supporting us. What? What are you wearing my everyone No, no, else? no. I'm, I'm, say, I'm, I'm just like, I'm saying, wow, thank you for the support. Not like, yeah. I know. Yeah, that, that's the fundamental. That's the bottom line. Thank you for support. Thank you for pledging. Thank you for continuing to let us do whatever it is the fuck we're doing. Again, yeah. season one, we're figuring out. Hey, you are you are directly responsible for keeping Jonesy alive. He, he he's sat shitting his guts out right now, but he knows that you know he's got the Patreon money to look forward to. So yeah, it helps. Every, he he refreshes the Patreon page while he sat at the toilet, and every time the the total number of <laughs> donations or pledges goes down. He shits a little bit more of his life essence out through oh, his. Could uh, we do maybe next week we could do a shitathon? Uh, you'd have to elaborate on exactly what that means before well, I sign you, so off. Well, you know, right? you know how like uh, Ludwig had um, like the, the subathon. Sure, we're just gonna have a shitathon, and every time someone pledges to the Patreon, Jonesy's got to produce another turd. Oh, but th- that starts getting into weird things where, like, does he start sort of? almost rationing out his shit so he's make sure he's got a little bit in reserve every time someone new comes in. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's this nice interplay of like having to hold it in and then the relief of letting it go. But the also interesting thing is that we could have different tiers. So if there's like a, a, a super subber, right, or super patron, then, you know, depending on the tier, then maybe it's like, no, you you, you got to take some laxative now. Yeah. I think that's Let them all out of you. And then, but we we need to give them fuel and okay. that's, where we, that's where we get the Maccas in. Right. I'll be honest, if the plan to refuel him from such a, an act is McDonald's, I, I legitimately think we'd have a homicide case on our hands. <laughs> like, this is manslaughter territory, Chris. We need to be more rational about this. Well, you know what? You want to keep on thinking small, Jamie? That's fine, all right? That's fine. Hey, if avoiding the death of one of the co-hosts of this podcast is thinking small, then I'm thinking small until the the, the, the end of time. Fair. Uh, but I, I want to do can, my utmost to keep everyone alive. Can I just say that, like, um, yeah, as soon as Jonesy's, like, on the mend, and, you know, all jokes aside, like, he's having a bit of a tough time. So when he comes back, we'll be be sure to record something new for the patron. I, I wanted to say something, though. I, yeah. I had a bit of a Mandela effect going on because I was sure that we had uploaded the um, Summoner Quest IRL RP tabletop RPG that we did for ATG. I was sure that we uploaded it to Patreon. Right. Is it on the uh the YouTube channel unlisted on the Super Show Extra YouTube channel? I don't think it is. And I don't hmm. I don't I don't think we posted it. So that'll be going up like I've got it. It'll be going up soon. Another thing that I've got that I'm I've kind of like holding on for maybe the right time, but maybe I just gotta put it up, is uh I have the original three episodes of our Resident Evil playthrough, buddy. Hot damn. How did you get hold of those bad boys? I have my ways, you know. Oh, wow. You are. I'm not the only uh, lady who runs a podcast who knows her blowjobs. No, clearly not. $60 million Spotify deal heading your way, good sir, for your uh, your trickery there. Um, Yes. Yeah, imagine if that just becomes the thing that we do is we just we or we just use the super show to host re-uploads of all the <laughs> gaming content. I mean, some people would probably dig it, but 
Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, it's almost like one of those things, right, where you, you don't want it to become a point of people don't care about your new stuff, they only care about the old stuff. Yes, exactly, exactly. We've got to keep things fresh. It, it's um, a fine balance, and I think, you know, there's not a lot of ATG stuff on the Patreon. There's a few mm-hmm. things, and it's more it's more curated stuff that, like, we want to be on there yeah. rather than just here's fucking any old thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In, and, hey, there are... I've. Do you know what one of the things, bare minimum, that I'd love to do uh, on the on the Patreon this year is? Mm-hmm. I, I I I don't know why, but I've always had a soft spot in my heart for them. I want to do at least one more spoiler cast somehow, and I've no idea what piece of media it will be, or when, or why. We just need something to come out that fucking lights not just the internet up, but us up, that we all consume at the exact same time and yeah. can reconvene and discuss. I just don't yeah, know what we- it's going to be. Yeah, we we need like like a Squid Game or I mean we did it with Final Fantasy. The the best one was just Last of Us Part Two. That was because the perfect that, one where yeah. it was the perfect one. Where like it, that was like it, it. You finished it first, obviously, but it didn't take much longer for Jonesy and I to finish it at the same time. Yeah. So it was still relatively fresh, and I guess that was a um, controversial enough uh, storyline that you know getting into the meat of it of like what was a technically very good game with a technically flawed store you could say like subjectively flawed story mm. it's just like a, a perfect kind of cross-section to do a spoiler cast on yeah hence why we managed to talk about that game for three hours straight in the <laughs> what was actually after joking about it earlier the hottest, the hottest day, day of the year, year that year yeah um, i do you remember i was wearing a sweatband that does ring a bell, actually. I was wearing yeah. uh, a white T-shirt. I think my hair was still coming back. I think that was at that point in the, the, still the this Bam podcast Bam trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, still, yeah. still rocking the Bam Bam Bigelow. And you know oh. what, Chris? Another game that would have been interesting for some kind of a spoiler cast, although even if we were all on board and all playing it, we probably still wouldn't be able to record anything on it for weeks, if not months, because of just how much there is to consume and then break down and then discuss <laughs> is... Uh, Still, probably the internet's favorite game, Elden Ring, oh. and I understand you've managed to carve out a little bit of time in your schedule to play it over this past week. Yes, so welcome to Chris's Elden Ring hour, which will only be uh, a minute or two. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, I don't need to wax lyrical about how fucking great this game is. You know my opinion on it; it is fucking amazing, uh, and the internet's opinion of it is mostly it is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just gonna. I think what I'm going to transition to now is just talking about like my progress within the game. So, as of today, I'm on 32 hours. I'm level 43, I believe, and I've pretty much done everything in the starting area of Limgrave. Okay. okay? Um, the only things that I have yet to do in Limgrave is I can't beat the fucking Crucible Knight. He's fucking. I, I don't know what it is about him. He's got like. No weaknesses. He's got like fucking a, a combo set to rival like the biggest boss. And he's just like he's one of those dudes that you go to one of these like ever jails and it summons him and then you fight him. Right. Um, he's just really fucking hard. I just can't do it. I don't know why. It's because I'm a melee build and it's just too too hard. Uh, I'm halfway through. Oh, I'd say more halfway through. I'm about two two thirds of the way through Stormvale Castle. So Godric the Grafted is going to be my next kind of stream i would imagine taking him on um and then there's an underground portion of the air of that map area that i have yet to do which i will be probably tackling tomorrow as we record this nice Um, 
but yeah, like it, it, it's amazing to me. Like this is one area in the game of, I mean, I know of at least three to four, it's called three to five different areas that I know of that would be of the same scale. And it's taken me 32 hours just because I'm, you know, I'm relishing the, the journey, Jamie. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not chasing that end. You know, I'm living no. in that world, baby. For sure. Yeah. No, you, you've got to take it at your own pace. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, still fucking loving it. It's mad. Good. Like, it's it's a bit annoying at the same time because the game is so all-consuming. That's like, when you've got spare time, what are you going to do? What are you going to play? You know? Yeah. What you now, mean? Like, does it work for those short burst sessions, or do you feel like? Oh, you it need does. More? It okay. does. But 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 it's kind of like it always pushes you. It, it's like that Breath of the Wild thing with the triangles that they were saying, right? When when the design document came out with GDC and they were saying, hey, triangles, the game is actually made of all these little triangles and triangles behind triangles and stuff behind triangles and triangles moving into triangles. And the idea there is that as you move, your perspective always get your your eyesight always gets drawn to something else in the, on the horizon that you want to go to and explore. And on the way there, you will be finding X, Y, Z, even if they are small little things like let's say Korok seeds. But in this case, there'll be like someone trying to gnaw your face off. Um, yes. But it's always pleasant. kind of pushing you forward. But yeah, it's almost like the same shit that I had with, when I was really in, like deep into playing Dota. And it's kind of like, I've got X amount of time. What am I going to do? I'm just going to play Dota. You know, instead of like sampling all these other games. Yeah, but that's okay. Because like, we all know what it's like to be on the <clears> other <throat> side of that, which is where there are maybe a handful of games vying for your attention, but none of them scream out at you. And your answer to what do I do with this chunk of time that I've got becomes I'm going to sit and waste time on YouTube watching videos that I can't even recollect watching two hours after I've finished watching them. Or I'm going to re-watch True. a show or a movie I've already watched on Netflix. Like at least you're still consuming something that's new, something that's engaging, and something that is at the end of the day, you know, up to this point, the most critically acclaimed game of the year and will be relevant yeah. in conversations again and podcasts again at the end of the year and so on. Like... There are Hell worse yeah. ways to use your time than playing Elden Ring. Yeah. But I, I do have some free time coming up, and I am trying to make it a mission. I have two games earmarked that I want to finish alongside continuing playing Elden Ring. Yes. So, you know, let, let, let's see if I can manage it in... in are, you, I, are you keeping them secret for now? I think so. I, okay. I don't want to put that much pressure on me. Just know that, like, they exist, and I'd, I'd like to see at least one of them, if not both of them... Actually, three, if not three of them kind of wrapped up Ooh, yeah, like in two to three weeks' time. Okay, well, watch the space, folks. Yeah, uh, I can pay... tell you one of them is Sifu because that's like that the most recent, most recent other game that I played. That makes sense. And Sifu might be one of those games where I think if you went back to it now, sort of maybe one month on, you could sort of, to a certain extent, pick up where you left off. But if you came back to Sifu in September, you might have to relearn some things that you've yes. forgotten. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, which might be tricky. Although someone on our yeah. Discord did finish it this week, which again I thought was very interesting, yeah. having spent a lot of time over the past month saying it's weird how no one I've spoken to or no one I know outside of the media or press fucking has ever finished Sifu. Everyone bought <laughs> it, everyone played it, no one finished it. Has anyone finished Sifu? Um, so it turns out some people have. Some people Don't have. Yeah, yeah. Hey, ho- hopefully I can be one of them. All right. Watch the space, um, folks. But yeah, um, that, that's what that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing, Jamie? Come on. Um, well, I, I've and, been playing because I know what you're not be playing. You have not been playing Elden Ring because you've got other shit that you want to finish first, and that's I've, fair. I've not been playing. Although it. I'm waiting, bated breath, 
<laughs> it's hey, it's the Super Show guarantee, Chris. I mean, even beyond Elden Ring, I think three separate games had the review embargoes come down in the past week. Um, between yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo, Kirby, and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, <laughs> <laughs> and and right on brand uh, between Yumi and Jonesy, I don't think any of us have played any of them uh, because yeah. backlogs be backlogging. Um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, I'm I'm still playing. Uh, a, a bunch of the titles that I mentioned last week. The two I wanted to chime back in on uh, for two different reasons um, are Dying Light 2, which yeah. I don't know how much I've played of that game now, maybe eight to ten hours. Um, I'm oh, really, is that it? Yeah, yeah, but there's a reason for that. I'm really struggling. Um, to enjoy I'm it. really struggling to enjoy it. Yeah, that's it's. this is a weird analogy, but um, Formula One, the motorsport, is, is yeah, back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And had it, the first Grand Prix was last weekend. And there's a concept in in Formula One about uh, uh, about grip, where the 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 more grip you have, the better, because you know you can you can go faster and you can take tighter turns and yeah. blah 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah. And like grip is this weird mix of a bunch of different things. Like there's aerodynamics and downforce, and it's also like tire choice and track conditions. Yeah, and and, and the, the how hot the tires are. But exactly, and yeah. there's there's a weird situation where. I am I am like a driver right now doing a, a lap of a circuit at, at the at the fucking dying light to arena and I'm radioing <laughs> back to the team in the pit saying I've got no grip I've got no grip is it because I've you know come out on slicks in the wet is it because they're not up to temperature is it because my rear wing's playing up and I don't have any downfall I don't know but there's no grip and like everything I'm doing with to now put it to leave stupid analogies to one side and get back to actually talking about video games. Um, I find the characters to be these often quite—I'm not going to say frustrating, but just slightly bizarre caricatures, both in the way they're written and the way they're performed. Uh, that right. ad- adds and lends absolutely zero gravitas to anything they're saying. Whether so they are Rosario Dawson doesn't do it for you. I haven't met her yet. I haven't <laughs> met her yet. Um, and hey, right. she's got chops. I'm sure she'll do fine. Although the script, based on what I've heard so far, probably isn't going to help her that much. The decisions that I've had to make have all felt weirdly redundant. Like there's actually not yeah. going to be that many dramatic uh, repercussions for my decisions, and it just, as a result, feels like a weirdly hollow game that is driven forward by above-average gameplay mechanics. Right. Because um, yeah. I still think the parkour is really strong, and I still think the ideas of a really sort of meaty, chunky melee-driven combat system have legs. There's a reason yeah. they worked for two dead islands and then a dying light and now another dying light. There's a like they haven't changed it because it works, but nothing else that I'm doing uh, like makes me feel particularly engaged by that world or the narrative they're building or the decisions they're trying to get me to invest in. Um, and weirdly, what it feels like was a a game that and again you don't want to play backseat game developer and read into this too much, <laughs> but they had all those issues from the narrative side of things. Chris Avalon yes. obviously had his situation and and left. And they were kind of, it felt like at some point they were, le- were left with a husk of a narratively ambitious game that they couldn't stuff with content. And so everything has remained somewhat surface level um, in the hope that creating solid gameplay fundamentals and, and, and making solid mechanical decisions would be enough to, for the game to, 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 to see a swim rather than sink. It's yeah. just not really working for me. So... Let me ask you this: Did you did you find the grip with Dying Light One, and did it take time for you to find the grip? 
if Dying Light, did. Dying, Light, Dying Light 1, personally, I did find the grip, and it didn't take as much time. And weirdly so, enough, the, the grip in Dying Light 1 was actually not because the narrative in Dying Light 1 was particularly strong. It wasn't. But it was because yeah. the atmosphere in Dying Light 1 was infinitely more engaging than Dying Light 2's. Interesting. I, they've gone for this. I can't remember what they called it during marketing. It's like the modern dark ages, right? Where it's like you're. It all takes place within a town or a city that walled itself off from the infection, um, yeah. and so as a result, like they're struggling for food and fighting over water is a big deal, and like it's not that technologically advanced, and so humanity's kind of regressing within this closed-off area. But they really de-emphasize the presence and the importance of the zombies. Like they mostly just are made out to be kind of like a nuisance who might be either in the place or between you and the place where you're trying to get to. And yeah. actually it's like the different human factions that you're negotiating with that they try and make the big um, play around. But like kind of like water off a duck's back. It's just not. So really what you want is a Mirror's Edge 3. That's what I'm trying to say at the end yeah. of the day. I get bring, you, I get you. bring faith into Dying Light and we've got a winner. <laughs> um, Fair, yeah. Although, to be fair, the, the character you're playing as, in terms of the role they play within the world, might as well be what Faith was um, in the Mirror's Edge games. He's basically, they're called, they're called pilgrims. Yeah, they're called pilgrims in this, but they're basically like, oh, these are the people that actually do leave the towns and run from city to city and do stuff. Um, Hold on, so have they made the main character, have they kind of like formulated the main character's identity around fetch quests? It's not too fetchy, but technically his main story, his whole arc is somewhat fetchy. It's just that the fetch, the thing he's fetching is a person rather than a, an inanimate okay. object. Um, but yeah, like if you if you count if you are going to count looking for a missing person as a fetch quest, then that's what Dying Light Two is, <laughs> uh, start to finish. Um, Fine, fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, are, uh, you gonna, are you going to stick with it? Like, because at some point, like, especially on a game where it's like, it could, okay, you could finish it in twenty to twenty-five hours, or you could finish it in five hundred. Obviously, yeah. if you're not finding the grip, like, <laughs> do you know what? Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to the same principles that I stuck with in Far Cry Six, which oh. is that I'm not gonna put this game down just to start playing something else for no, for no arbitrary reason. But if life moves on in the same way with the same way that happened to Far Cry when yeah. things like Horizon and, and Elden Ring and stuff were coming out, then then I will move on too. Okay. You know, I mean, I, you you should have that motivation anyway because you haven't played Elden Ring. Yeah, but there's also stuff like I don't know the reviews for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands were slightly better than I expected, and I I feel like I could play a Borderlands spinoff game right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could also play Kirby right now, but um, uh, we'll wait and see. It's a week till I'm paid, and then <laughs> I've got some decisions to make. Um, yeah. Although it's, it, things are going to chill, really, aren't they? In April, things are going to relax, and then summer will be fine. And we're I mean, yeah, we, we assume so, right? But That's what it looks like at the moment, unless you are really looking forward to, what was it, like Sniper Elite 5, and there was something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. There are a few things, but like for me, those titles are kind of like, if you pick them up, you don't like, it's going to sound really weird for me to say, especially in kind of like what we're trying to put ourselves out there is saying like, hey, we're the game guys. Um, a game like Sniper Elite 5 is very much a, you buy it, you play a couple of missions and you just leave it. You never return. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I said that as uh, said as much to someone on the Discord this week, where they can't remember who it was. It might have been Shellshock, where they were they mentioned that they were looking forward to Sniper Elite Five, and I was like, Sniper Elite, not just this one, but as a series, is kind of like one of those things where it's like a novelty. Like, yeah, shoot yeah. someone in the brain, shoot someone in the balls. It's Sniper Elite. Um, <laughs> why don't I work on the marketing team for these fuckers? Um, and then and then I move on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Often the way things go. Uh, okay. One game that that is not proving to be the case hold, hold, with, though. Hold on, hold on, though, because you you haven't. Sorry, I'm I'm not letting oh, you get away from this. Okay. Where, where where does the threshold come with Dying Light Two? Like I know you said, oh, some some income comes up, blah 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 blah. But like, um, I don't want to. I don't want to preempt anything. I'm basically going to give it at least another two weeks. Uh, there's a few things going down in a few weeks. Um, one of which I haven't even told you about yet. But I, I, I'm not going to say it will result in the, recept- the receiving of a of any game keys or codes, but right. it might do. Um, and it's also just keeping tabs on what else happens that was not as expected, because the other game I'm going to talk about in a second was something that mm. wouldn't have really been on my radar until it was very much on my radar. So sure, just, sure. just keeping it funky fresh, basically. Funky like I've got fresh. A, I'm looking down there. I've got a sealed copy of Resident Evil Village. Like I'm, Who knows, Chris? I might just start playing that. You might you might feel like a bit of a fuckboy and just do whatever you want to do, right? It, it, that's what the the being a fuckboy is all about. Like, why embrace the fuckboy mantra if you're not just going to fuck around and do what you want? Hell yeah. Fuck around all and right, find cool. out. Yes, okay, I'll release you from Dying Light 2, okay? Talk about your next one. Um, Tunic's really good, uh, basically. Tunic, uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because it, I, I was worried about this before we started recording. If I start telling you why I like Tunic, you're going to start grinding your teeth and clenching your fists because you're just gonna because I know you want me to play Elden Ring and talk yeah, to you about Elden Ring, yeah. but I really like Tunic because it's a Souls like and it's like a small enough, bite sizable enough, cute yeah. enough Souls like that I can engage with those mechanics and it's sometimes wild difficulty swings in a way that sort of fits me a little bit better. <laughs> um, no, but, but I, yeah. that, that's perfectly okay. Like I'll, I'll tell you something, P, like. So games like Tunic are perfect for getting into the Souls like genre because it's kind of like it's it's getting into it on your terms in a way. Like yeah. you almost need that kind of like smaller way of doing things, or more simplified or more streamlined way of doing things where it's like, hey, here are the tropes of that kind of genre and it's it's resonate with, with me. Let me mm. seek out the next and the next and the next. So yeah, yeah. by all means. Yeah. And 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 yeah, that's it's it's hitting all those notes, and I'm getting that kind of that wave of satisfaction you get when you clear a boss, and you know you're never gonna have to see them again. <laughs> or when you find, um, I guess they're like shrines in this, as opposed to say bonfires, where you can you know get your your healing yeah. flasks back and so on and so forth, or you add an entire additional healing flask to the number you've got. Uh, it's it, that those are really powerful feelings that kind of. Uh, capture a little bit, I think, of what Soulsborne games have delivered to people in the past. Did, didn't you? But didn't you get that kind of feeling? I guess it's a lot more narrative driven. But um, didn't you get that kind of feeling with Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, I did, but I didn't find Jedi Fallen Order hard. Yeah, I mean, it's not so it's not hard. It's um, hard. Uh, I think that was the thing. Like they were making a game that was very heavily inspired by uh, that style and that genre of title, but they were also making a Star Wars game. They, like yeah. my brother uh, played Jedi Fallen Order when he was like eleven or twelve. They had to they they had to know that they were making a game that would reach yeah. those kinds of people. Yeah. yeah, and so it wasn't too uh, overbearing. Because the other thing that Tunic actually has going for it, 
that again is very very uh, souls like in its nature is 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 obs- its obscurity uh, it's a very right. um opaque game in terms of what it tells you and what it doesn't tell you and what it wants you to figure out for yourself uh, like anyone that looks at tunic and sees a tilt shift uh, styled zelda looking action game could not be more wrong about just how intense this game can be um and how as i said how like mysterious it can be it's a game one of those games that just starts and tells you absolutely nothing it's still got yeah. those zelda like elements if you have to explore certain areas do you have to you know at the start of the game you just have a stick you need to go and find the sword you need to go and find the shield you need to collect bombs along the way there's magic elements that you collect um but everything is so, so far jamie sounding very below <laughs> But honestly, Chris, like this is in many respects what Below should have been. Yeah, you know, well, you know, this is the thing. Like Below was way too hard for its own good. Way yeah. too hard. Whereas, whereas this is far more like Souls-like, and it's kind of like, okay, there's going to be some difficult regular enemies, but you're going to figure them out. There's going to be really difficult bosses, but you're going to figure them out. Mm-hmm. Um, the punishment for death isn't mental. There's no, yeah. you know, eating and drinking and and temperature <laughs> mechanics like Below. It, but it, but it's got that idea of Below of like you're a small character in a very big world that the game is determined to tell you nothing about and yet leave just enough breadcrumbs that you always feel like you're learning something fascinating. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, one of the things about Tunic that people have uh, said reminds them a lot of Fez is that, so Tunic doesn't tell you anything in English, ever. There are no, um, everything is in its own language. So every signpost you find, every, uh, like, plaque that you read, everything is in this language that you cannot read. Um and the only way you're able to pass like what you're doing and where you're going, whether you're going in the right direction and what your actual objective is, is you find pieces of paper that form this weird, like in-universe, classic like NES-style game manual, as though nice, it, yeah. so. It, and like you're flipping through the pages of this manual, and there's like biro scribbles on top, like clearly it's had a previous owner. So you're finding like this meta reference layer of like the game manual for the game you're playing through the game itself <laughs> and even then like you're only finding individual pages and it's still all written in another language so yeah. you have to kind of like pass through this game manual and people are saying i never experienced this where people are saying it's like when they used to import games from japan and just be like i have no idea what i'm playing or why i don't understand the manual but i'm going to figure this out yeah. um except because this game is made to be played that way and it's very carefully you know the, that breadcrumb trailer is very carefully laid out in front of yeah, you. Yeah, it's yeah. all by design, which is probably why this game took so fucking long and still <laughs> fundamentally looks the same way it looked when we saw trailers, you know, four or five years yes, ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because there's a ve- there's a very intricate design to this game. Whether you want to, whether you end up playing it the way you're meant to be playing it, whether you intentionally sequence break, whether you accidentally sequence break, it's sort of this perfect marriage of Zelda fundamentals. Um, and even like a Link's Awakening remake tilt shift style aesthetic with that Dark Souls sort of mysticism and that those Soulsborne style uh, mechanics and difficulty swings. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a, it gets a big thumbs up and from me. Um, I really <laughs> have, like it. Have you gotten to any point where you're just hitting your head against the wall? I, I, I stopped having died to a boss a number of times. Yeah. Um, I will say um, one thing that some reviewers missed is that this game does have an accessibility menu, and one of the things in that accessibility menu is like an infinite health toggle. Um, okay. It's not it's not ideal. I would have preferred a few other ways to kind of like create an experience more tuned to me because I yeah. get this weird thing well where I'm like 
well, if I just make myself invincible, I'm not playing the game anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. So I haven't really engaged with that too much. But there's, yeah, there the, 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 there was a the, the, there have been very hard bosses. Yeah, nice. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and there have been times yeah. where I've been lost. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's got got a okay, lot going so, for it. So, so this is prepping you for your Elden Ring. Right, in, yeah. in in many ways, yes. I think Elden Ring <laughs> will require a lot more time and a lot more patience, but but it's it's definitely prep in a way. And it's on Game Pass for anyone um, who's maybe on yeah. the fence or has access to Game Pass. Um, ah, really, there like we it. go shilling again, Jamie. Uh, hey, I mean it's one of those things, where especially when the game is like one or two gigabytes. You'll be playing the game within like thirty seconds of launching it. Like there really is no baggage with Tunic if you just want to try it out and see if it yeah. clicks with you. Yeah, um, to be fair, that's what I did with Death Store, and I just didn't, just, I, I didn't have the grip with Death Store to use your you analogy. Go. I'm yeah. wondering how my time with Tunic will affect my Death Store grip. Should I'd be, I, I'd be so curious to find out what you think about the differences between them. Um, like I, in an ideal world, without, well, it wouldn't be ideal because not, not having Elden Ring. But in a world without Elden Ring, I probably would have jumped into Tunic, yeah. and kind of seeing the difference for myself and seeing if kind of like a bounce off it or not. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think I, I want to say, uh, this is from memory though, but I might be wrong, mm. that um, Hood from the Discord has played both and has actually played more Tunic than me and prefers Death's Door for what that's wow. worth. So I don't know if that changes your, your thoughts on things. Yeah, maybe, maybe I've got to give Death's Door another try. I don't know. Maybe. Um, you just got to be in the right mindset sometimes to kind of get into these games, right? Exactly, especially when games are big or dense or rich in story, or maybe they just take a long fucking time to complete, and that's going to be something to consider before you jump in both feet first. And Chris, I'm sure that's something you've considered many times when it comes to a, a conversation I oversaw on Twitter this week <laughs> revolving around the fact that you have never played The Witcher 3, for example. I've never played a Witcher game, full stop, so yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think most people have only played The Witcher 3 at this stage. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I wouldn't beat yourself about that too much. But you might, as of this uh, this last handful of days, have found a new reason <laughs> to go out and play The Witcher 3. Or maybe actually a reason why you uh, your decision to never play The Witcher 3 is reaffirmed and you feel like you don't need to touch it at all. Because CD Projekt Red are, in fact, coming back with a new Witcher game, but it will, quote, kick off a new saga um, mm, which presumably yeah. means leaving behind Geralt and moving on to something new within the world of The Witcher. And the other big part of this headline is that it's being made with Epic's Unreal Engine, moving yeah. away from their own proprietary uh, engine that uh, not just ran The Witcher 3, but also recently ran uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk. Which is an interesting kind of thing on its own, right? Because I wonder if... Like, I'm just getting... Getting flashbacks for all the research that we did on Frostbite Engine when yeah. we made uh, how Frostbite Engine could kill Bioware, uh, in particular with the the failure of Anthem. Right. Maybe Red Engine is just like it's not an easy engine to work with. Um, Maybe. Or, or Epic just you know, which is what they all want to do, just threw a shit ton of money at <laughs> at CDPR and just like yeah, there you go. Use yes. our engine, please. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's an interesting one for sure. Worth noting that it's not going to be an Epic Epic Game Store exclusive, which is good. Um, no, yeah, it's not going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive. Yeah. But they do still uh, claim to be having an ongoing strategic partnership with Epic. Um, 
And apparently it's been agreed for a 15-year period with an option to extend. So that's a big upfront commitment from both teams. And it does make you wonder, kind of like you hinted, Chris, who approached who first here? Who was the sort of the catalyst behind an agreement like this being reached? Who wanted the uh, the use of uh, the Unreal Engine to be a focal point for this new project? Uh, I, I, of course, mm. selfishly, because I'm you know at the end of the day I'm the person that's going to be playing these video games. I kind of hope it's CD Projekt Red who approached Epic, who asked for the help, who asked for the support, and asked for the Unreal Engine. But you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you so eloquently put, I've never played a, a, a Witcher game, so like. I wouldn't know how excited I should be on this. Obviously, I know, I know the dis. Or what would be the opposite of discourse? The course, uh, disco, <laughs> right? Disco Elysium. I I know all about the Disco Elysium about this game. All right, gotcha. like people fucking love it. They hail it as like one of the best fucking things ever. And prior to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I think anyone could kind of look at that talk and say, yes, I believe it. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, the the thing for me with The Witcher Three is, it's not that I never wanted to play it. It's just that, like, it never. It, it it's kind of like a game that never fell into my lap at the time that it should have been when I had the time to go for it. And yeah. now the prospect of kind of jumping into such a large game is like, i like insane. Like, I I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, no. I, totally I, I will. I will say this though. I got seriously tempted to jump in. Jump in it, as Alex Schultz would say, um, when it came out on Switch. As bad as that kind of like port looked. <laughs> yeah, I did but not it was have just, a great time with that port. But yeah. Yeah. But the idea was just like, well, it's on the Switch. I can play it like in in bed, you know, right. last hour of the day, just fucking work my way through it. But, and then you would have had the TV show, which has had like two seasons since those conversations around The Witcher on Switch. Or the yeah, Switch I mean, app, I, I, I watched say. the first season of Witcher. I enjoyed it. Obviously, it's not. Yeah based on the games. Um, I started Witcher Season 2, but I just kind of like... I, f- I wouldn't even say that I fell off it. I just got distracted and I never got back to it. Yeah. Because like those things are like an hour hour each and it's kind of like, you know... Who has an hour, am I right? Well, if you've got an hour, why not play a game? I, I watched an hour of a TV show just before we jumped on the school, so uh, check me out. Mr. Oh, okay. Mr. Hot and Fresh at the Kitchen. Mr. fucking Billy Big Balls. Okay. You know me. Um, but I, uh, yes, I, 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 I do concur that an hour can sometimes be a weird middle ground between, well, hang on a second, this is enough time to do way more stuff yeah. than just watching an episode of a TV show. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, but, it, it, it all still adds it, to the, the fuel for the Witcher fire. Yeah, I, I, and I think as long as they kind of... As long as it's more Witcher 3 than it is CD, uh, um, Cyberpunk then I think they're in good stead. But, you know, with all the stuff that happened with with Cyberpunk, it's also worth noting that uh, Witcher 3 didn't have a kind of rosy launch itself. True. You know, um, I don't know. You, you, you're always hopeful for these kind of things. Like, you know, even, even though I'm kind of like dissing Cyberpunk, like I still enjoy that game. Yeah. Or enjoyed it, not actively enjoying it. Uh, I did enjoy the time I had with it. Like, I don't know. It's good. It's 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 nice to to know that this is happening. But again, following the fucking trend of like, hey, we're making a new game. Come and work with us. True, actually. Yeah, this is. I mean, what could have been a relatively large announcement in just about 
any form, no matter whether they tried to do it on their own or at another press conference, whether they did it in the off-season or during peak E3 fever, this yeah. could have been a whirlwind of an announcement. But you're right, it is yet another 2022 massive announcement that is just like, here's a tweet, um, we're making this. Like I try and recall all the other examples, but it's getting to the stage now where I'd forget half of them. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Um, uh, Ubisoft, uh, Splinter Cell, yeah. Blizzard with their survival game. Crisis um, 4 was one. Yeah, fucking Crisis 4. GTA yeah. 6, technically. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, those are big names. They're not, like, indie developers, like... Yeah. Jeez, yeah. And, it, and, and, it, and it's weird because you only have to go back uh, a little while, and I don't know why the two examples that come to my mind are from Nintendo, but I'm thinking about Bayonetta and Metroid Prime, where <laughs> you literally just had to go away and do, like, an... Or create an After Effects competition, write the number four, in, like <laughs> put on some weird like blue smoky shit, and you've made your yeah. Metroid Prime Four like reveal. Yeah, exactly. That that would have like people tearing down the walls yeah. and shit. F- funny that you say that. Like one of my favorite TV shows ever is Lost. Okay, hmm. have you ever se- have you seen the, what the intro like logo for Lost is on the show? No, I have not. Okay, so it's just kind of like it's just a. Black screen with white 3D text that says lost, but like the camera kind of like zooms in on it and then goes past it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like very, very fucking simple, but it's like out of focus and it comes into focus and then out of focus again very quickly. Yeah. And like what was funny about that was it was JJ Abrams, I believe, mocked it up in After Effects, like in like 25 minutes or some shit like that. And that was the logo they used. For at what at the time was the world's biggest TV show, I just and, I just watched it. I can't believe yeah. I've never seen this before. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah, and and the most expensive at the time, the most expensive TV show ever made. Okay, and that's what they used. And what really fucking annoyed me about it was there. There's an error in the render, Jamie. Okay. Oh my god! If, if you imagine like the top, the 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 foreground of the text and then the side vertical yes. of the text yes there's a point where it doesn't connect as it goes oh past God. the camera and they never fixed it in what was it like five six seasons Whatever i mean I, i'm going through it frame by frame now and there are even jaggies here like it's not yeah yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's, it's not the it's, smoothest it's not, render it's not anti-aliased it's like oh it, it, it i i like i like it but at the same time it's like dude like just put a bit more fucking effort into it, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but 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 yeah. at the same time, I I do kind of like appreciate the fact that they never fixed it, ever. Yeah, and like I admire, I admire that commitment. You know, it's like yeah, it took me twenty five minutes in After Effects. It cost me zero, and that's what we're using. It's like yeah, okay, that, it's that's, ballsy. that's there's there's that's balls, yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say whether or not tweeting out the announcement of a new game in a in a significant and large franchise that's like this is also ballsy. But I guess it's something to it. Although the, the the sort of the the underlying thing here is presumably again, if we're gonna believe a lot of the sort of rhetoric and discussion that's surrounded these announcements over the last handful of months, is apparently recruitment uh, at certain levels in game development is quite difficult right now. And yeah, pretty bluntly. Um, Come at saying, being able to say to people, hey, come and work on the new Witcher game is a lot easier than being able to say to people, hey, come and work on a game. Yeah, um, yeah true. I true. don't know. But that that's what the, the word out there is. And at least- a, a, a part of me, though, like kind of like laments the loss here, right? 
Like if you think about, yeah, if you think about like the first teaser cinematic you got for God of War 2016, for instance. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm with you. Where you didn't know it was God of War until fucking Kratos came out and you're like, fuck. That yeah. was a moment, right? Yes. Or, or like the first or the second trailers for um, The Last of Us Part Two, where you had no fucking clue what that was. Mm. And then it just kind of like slams on fucking bam. Last of Us Part Two, like, oh, fuck. Like, what's yeah. that all about? And even even to go so far as to saying, like, the Death Stranding trailer. Yeah. Like, that, that was a little bit different because, like, oh, Hideo Kojima and his new thing. But, but like, the, having the fact of, like, being watching an E3, which is, like, no longer a thing, right? And queuing up all of these trailers one by one, seeing something absolutely fucking amazing, getting some kind of an awesome fucking reveal. And that has now just been distilled to a picture in a tweet asking people to come join yeah. them to make the game. Like, so, <laughs> something's like getting lost there. It, it, it sucks some of the kind of the anticipation and the excitement out of the air. I suppose the only thing I can think of, and maybe this is me just trying to reassure myself, and not cry myself to sleep tonight. <laughs> but it's that they're taking the kind of the they're, they're taking the, the the open secret nature out of some of these reveals and just putting them out in the open. Like if you if I came up to you last week and was like, "Yo, Chris, CD Projekt Red are going to make another Witcher," you'd be like, "Yeah, I know." Even though you didn't know, you knew. And yeah, maybe this yeah. is an element of them getting out in front of that open secret nature and hoping, praying. That when the time comes for that first big, even if it is still entirely CG and doesn't give much away, but that first big trailer for, say, a new Witcher saga or a new Witcher game, that yeah. it still gets that big pop, that sort of feeling of like, okay, yeah, they told us to expect this, but I, but I'm still seeing it now and it's tangible and it's real. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me sort of like reassuring myself because uh, I love big E3 pops. I love those moments. Um, yeah. But but we'll see. Um, like certainly Rockstar's approach lends a lot that they still have the world in their palms when it comes to the first actual GTA 6 announcement trailer <laughs> image cover like whatever it is like the world the yeah. internet will blow up when that happens yeah they haven't 100%. shot themselves in the foot there um, I guess the only other uh, bits and pieces about this game to mention is that it's being directed by the wonderfully named Jason Slama but I'm going to pronounce it Jason Slammer Basically, sounds like he's, I don't know, like a wrestler or something. Slammer-jammer. Uh, yeah, like a bad slammer-jammer. Um, yeah. Who was apparently a senior UI programmer on The Witcher 3 um, and a, the game director on the card game Gwent, which, again, interesting little sort of rise okay. to the occasion there. Uh, from the I, I love that he was a senior user interface programmer. Yes, which I don't know if anyone remembers the UI at, at launch for The Witcher 3, but <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that thing... Uh, Let's just say, if the speed with which a development team patches something is any indicator of how they themselves feel about it, it might not have been the best UI uh, going at launch. Um, mm. He's also been CD Projekt Red's director of live operations in the past. Which live operations CD Projekt Red have pulled off? I couldn't tell you one. I presume that's also a Gwent thing, but fuck only knows. Yeah. He's directing yeah. uh, this new Witcher game. More power to him. Other thing, don't call it The Witcher 4, because apparently, according to Twitter... It's not. Um, 
This yeah. is like Mass Effect, where they were like, the trilogy's over. Commander Shepard, or in this oh, case, okay. Geralt, is dead. It's moving on. So I so, so Witcher Andromeda. The Witcher Andromeda. You we are we were exactly on the same page for that one. Nice. Um, I like it. Yes, this is gonna you're gonna create your own character at the start of the game and they're gonna wake up from cryo sleep <laughs> with a weird fucked up look on their face. And yeah. every NPC you're gonna interact with is gonna have these weird glass eyeballs. Yeah, and saying, sorry, my, my face is tired. Yes, sorry, my face is tired. Do you, do you know who was in that game? That fucking... I forgot his name now. Um, Nanjiani. Yeah, Kumail Nanjiani was in that game. Yeah. yeah. I feel a bit sorry for him. Like, imagine being a massive Mass Effect fan, getting asked to do a voice for Andromeda. Be like, fuck yeah. And then... Yeah, he was like an alien shopkeeper. Yeah, we, we spoke to him when we when we still yeah. did the Let's Plays in, in Andromeda of uh, at All Time Gaming. We did come across him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, something to look forward to. Again, we don't know what it's going to be called. We don't know when it's going to come out. We don't know what platforms it's going to come out on. But keep an eye out for the next chapter of The Witcher Saga. And Chris, mm. I'm going to inform you that's not all we have to look out for in the coming months, years. I don't even know what time frame to give for that. Well, I should hope that there's more stuff to look forward to, Jamie. There's lots more stuff to look forward to because it turns out game studios are making games. And one game publisher that is hard at work on a number of different titles is our old friends Ubisoft. Um, wow! Okay, ooh. I would have thought they just would have packed packed it in. Yeah, you like you know they 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 gave it their best shot last year. It didn't really yeah. work out, so they're like, Do you know what? Enough's enough. Riders yeah. Republic. That was that was all. We, that's all we got. See you next yeah. year, folks. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, they they've stopped making games on the Wii, so they're like, well, we can't sell another just dance on the Wii. So yeah, fine. The the, the, the rabbits have already crossed over into Mario territory. We can't get them back now. Ongoing legal battle with <laughs> Nintendo. It's a wash. Um, no, in fact, if you believe the words of industry insider Tom Henderson as he writes for X-Fire, um, apparently Ubisoft are not just working on a lot of different projects, which, let's be honest, we already knew because we've analysed Ubisoft's comings and goings a lot yeah. on this podcast, but also that they might be working on some kind of summer or pre-summer show that will actually reveal a large amount of, of games. Apparently they could have... Uh, I can't remember if it's 20 or 30. I think it's up to 20 titles reportedly in some form of development. I know, right? Um, So I thought we'd talk about some of the ones that were perhaps not public knowledge that have been rumoured as a part of this report. And one that I thought would be an interesting place to start with is, uh, and it's a shame we don't have Jonesy here for uh, for this, but alongside the planned Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake that is currently being uh, adjusted so it doesn't look like a piece of shit, and will supposedly rear its head at some point this year. We may also be getting a 2.5D, sort of old-school, if you will, inspired Prince of Persia game that takes inspiration from Moon Studios' Ori series, which, again, maybe it's just because I'm a huge Ori fan, but as soon as I hear that, my ears and eyes do light up just a little. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of seem to make sense, like, mushing those things together. Uh... Yeah, fair. I mean, I think it's, no, because I also feel like <laughs> when, when you you have you know uh, fucking the Ori series there, but you can also point to other things like I don't know why Hollow Knight comes to mind, but like the 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 space for two D adventure games, especially when you push them into that Metroidvania style um, of game design, I think has grown exponentially, even in just the last handful of years. And they were yeah. going to use that as a way to sort of revitalize 
the old school style 2D or in this case 2.5D Prince of Persia games, I'd be all over it. I'd be more excited for this than a new 3D Prince of Persia. That's my hot take. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see that logic and I can probably get on board with that. I just kind of feel that like, I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of a little bit fatigued with this 2.5D Metroidvania style, <laughs> this, that, the other. That's also a completely fair take, to be yeah. honest. Um, well, then, maybe. But, but, I, but then again, like, I, if you had to tell me, okay, well, then what would you do with Prince of Persia? I probably wouldn't know what to tell you. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess so. I, do you know what? Maybe their safe bet would be to do what it seems like they're not doing and um, just waiting to, to see what happens with the remake and then working from there. Like, using that as a way of gauging, okay, how many people are actually still interested in Tomb Raider and. and and then figuring out a way forward. Actually, I, I, I have a thought. Yes. For what you could you could do. But it kind of goes into, I guess, the next point on, on the podcast document. So go, go ahead, carry on, and then I'll interject when it's the time. Well, what I was going to do is I was going to play a little game. What are, What's the name of the roles of the people who are brought in? They're like external to a company, and you're brought in to like kind of give advice and feedback on stuff, but not necessarily in a QA perspective. You're like... Like a consultant, you're a consultant. Consultant, yeah, yeah. So let me let's role play for a second. Um, I'm I'm Eve Gimo, uh, Ubisoft CEO. You're a consultant you that's voice. been brought in. No, I'm not, uh, it's too you long a to. segment. Too long a segment. Okay. I, I'll do I'll do it just to say hello, Chris. That's that's <laughs> my introduction to you. I think I got a bit of a chubby to, there. So uh, ah, yeah. see, maybe just you know take that mental image, that audio mental image, and just apply it for everything we're about to say for the next five minutes. Okay, fine. It is you're a consultant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You've been brought in by Ubisoft. We're going to run our entire docket by by you, and you're going to tell us uh, whether or not it gets you hard. Basically. Okay. 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 So on a scale of like, like, like zero would be like it's actually you're 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 actually going a little bit like concave, inside. like it's going yeah. back inside you. Yeah. And in okay. ten is like I'm actually like I'm I'm hitting myself in the forehead with it. Right. Exactly. Like yeah, you've, okay. you've made a crack in the ceiling. Uh, skull and bones. Uh. So long time thought to be perhaps uh, completely missing in action is actually apparently back on track. It's found its home as a multiplayer first title with a focus on ship combat. Currently no on land action at all could potentially be coming out uh, by spring of next year. Okay. Two. Out of 10. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because ship battles suck. Okay. Agreed. I said it. I said it. Okay, and I, I I don't care. You can fucking disguise it as much as you want with some RPG mechanics and some fucking cool sea shanties, but ship combat is terrible. Okay, and if you tell me that that is the entire game that you're not going to set foot on land, because do you remember when Skull and Bones came out and it was like, oh, oh, they're just taking Black Flag and just like making their own game of it, and yeah. then Assassin's Creed Odyssey had a lot of that kind of like ship sailing elements, which was like, okay, this is. This is pretty cool. And you could kind of see potential. Yes. But like, maybe for me personally, I think a, the pirate genre, even though it's underserved, doesn't really capture my attention as much as, let's say, other kind of genres. Maybe that's just because there aren't that many of them about. Fair. You tell me yeah. that it's, that it's going to be completely ship-based. It's like, I don't give a fuck. That's the word. That's the word. Which, hey, I, 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 for, what it, for what it's worth, I did really like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, but I'm also with you. 
the idea of a multiplayer focused, completely ship based skull and bones. I'm kind of like tagging out before I've even touched it. Yeah, ship based, more like shit based. Okay. Wee, uh, speaking more of like shit based. based, there we go. Yep. Um, Avatar Next. Frontiers of Pandora. Uh, apparently, that's actually going to be sending uh, having play tests as soon as this week uh, with external QA. Uh, we should see it soon. How much do you want to play an Avatar game from Massive I'm gonna Entertainment? Say, I, I'm going to give my. I mean, we're, we're hot takes, right? Trash yes. opinions, hot takes. So I'm going to give you the example of that zero. That's a zero. Wow. That's. There, okay. there, there are there are certain things that I might have liked in my life where I look back on them w- w- with pity in my heart, and I think and Avatar is one of them. It's a, does that zero extend to the Avatar sequels? I'm, here's the thing: it, it it's almost like what you said in terms of like, okay, to an extent, Elden Ring, but also you say like uh, Outer Wilds, where there will be these highly regarded things where everyone will go watch them. So you're like, okay, Avatar, everyone's watching them. I'm going to go watch them. It's going to be the the pinnacle of a 3D kind of film. And, you know, 3D film didn't go anywhere. It started, you know, like it got a resurgence with Avatar. That's why it was so successful. And then no one kind of managed to capitalize on that again. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yes, the zeitgeist is going to push me to, to watch it. But and, and I, I might perfectly enjoy those films. But it's just, just all a bit fucking cringe. It's it's, n- it's it's never going to feel the same. Like it's never no, going to be like. No. Uh, um, but but, but it, like e- e- even I look at like I think back on like Game of Thrones and how fucking into Game of Thrones. And this is where I'm going to get a lot of kind of hate mail. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> G- Game of Thrones is absolutely amazing. Okay, and it really is. Um, and there were elements of that last season that I really fucking adored. But overall, you look you look back on the the discourse and. You hate to say it, but you almost get swayed by the discourse, and you think to yourself, on one aspect, it's like, no, I- I'm proud to have like enjoyed that, but another aspect, you're like, why was I so fucking into it? I'm an idiot, you know. Mm. Um, and that certainly holds true for fucking Avatar. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Let's let me and, rattle and off please, a few more, guys. Please don't send me hate mail. Okay, it's just one man's. No, please send, please send them, please send them hate mail, but like actual physical hate mail. Like try and like figure out Chris's address. Like doing don't, don't, uh, wow. don't fuck with cats. Look at the portrait behind him. Look at the headphones he's wearing. Look at his glasses. Figure out where he lives and send him some fucking hate mail. Don't please actually don't. do that, of course. Please no, don't. don't do that. Um, what if I were to tell you, Chris, that Immortals: Phoenix Rising was going to get a sequel? I'd say good. You know okay, that. Nice. That, I, I think yeah. If I had to give a scale, let's give it a. I would give it a seven, but if I want to be generous where I've been harsh in the past, I'd say let's give it an eight, okay? Because you know what? By all accounts, Immortals Phoenix Rising was like a nice surprise. And I agree. And why, why not reward that kind of risk, especially from a company like Ubisoft that don't necessarily do those kinds of things? Yes, you are encouraging Ubisoft to do a sequel, which is for, like the thing we don't want them to be doing, but a sequel on a risk that they took in, to begin with, I think... That should be celebrated. Okay. Well, here's another risk that I wonder well, if you'll celebrate. Hold on. This is, where I, this is where I interject because wouldn't Prince of Persia fit into that Immortals Phoenix Rising kind of mold? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it would because Immortals Phoenix Rising, when you take out some of the character and the writing and the aesthetic that they brought to it, was still an Assassin's Creed Odyssey-inspired experience with a hint of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see the prince... Like running around and climbing mountains and like 
f- fooling around in an open world. I still want the prince to have a more structured experience, mm. a more linear okay. experience. I don't know why, but yeah, I don't feel like I need an open world Prince of Persia game. It was the same drama when we were talking about Splinter Cell, and yeah. one of the big things was like, hey, please don't open world defy Splinter Cell for the sake of it. And, and then yeah, apparently yeah. not going to. Well, yeah. definitely not if it's a remake of the first one. I feel the same way about Prince. Um, yeah. I, and Prince I, of Persia, for example. Uh, for I, the, think, uh, I think less so... I, I was hoping like less so for a, new, a Ubisoft open world and more so like a Breath of the Wild-inspired one. I think, I think there could be potential there, especially if they keep the kind of sad time I, element going in. I mean, if it's good, there's potential for anything. Like, you give me any intellectual property in the world and put it in a good Breath of the Wild-style open world, then we're talking, like, yeah, dollars yeah, and cents. Um, All right, but, cool. go, go, yeah. hit me. Um, this is a weird one, an ambitious one. I think we talked about it on the podcast before, but Assassin's Creed and Infinity, the idea that uh, a product in the future will tie a bunch of Assassin's Creed titles together in a big live-service title that will essentially act as a hub for the series that will then see players transported to different settings, different times, and content can be gradually added to it um, over the years. Uh, hmm. <laughs> what, have you got that smug look on your face? I, it's it, it's a it's a no for me, Doug. Is it another zero? Is your penis no, back inside maybe your body? Maybe not a zero, because like Assassin's Creed is a formula that can be entertaining, even though it's been kind of like milked out. But you don't have to look far back to be what I consider to be like a really good Assassin's Creed, which is Odyssey. You yes. Know? Like that's not that far back. Um, just the way that they're going about it. And to be fair, they we don't have official kind of wording on like, we we have official wording, but it's more like, hey, this is kind of what we're trying to do. But like, it hasn't been fully spelled out for us. We don't have the full alphabet, okay? Yes, We've got a true. couple of letters here and there. Yeah. From what it sounds like, it's just a fucking platform for more Ubisoft bullshit with regards to monetization. And I don't think that the gaming industry needs that. And if I'm perfectly honest, I've never been that hot on Assassin's Creed myself as a kind of like thing. So I'll be honest, Chris, if you've never been hot on Assassin's Creed and you're worried Infinity might be a weird way for Ubisoft just to monetize that franchise and squeeze every penny <laughs> even further, you're not going to like this next one because it's Assassin's Creed Rift which was the game that was first reported in January, started life as DLC for Valhalla, and it's presumably, at this point, getting spun off into its own standalone game to make but up that, for the fact but that... But they Assassin's already did that with the fucking Ragnarok bullshit, right? No, Ragnarok is technically DLC. You need was, Valhalla I, to... I don't think, I don't think Ragnarok's uh, standalone. Right, I, might okay. be, I might be mistaken, but the rumour is that Rift is standalone and that this was essentially... Uh, promoted to 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 such a title because the uh, infinity that which you talked about before yeah. is further away than anticipated so they needed something to kind a of stop gap yeah uh, but th- this is going to focus on basim who is a character who is featured prominently in valhalla and probably a slightly be a slightly smaller maybe even slightly more linear stealth focused assassin's creed title anything any like even a murmur I'll give you a four on that, okay? Because I think okay, where okay. I think where Assassin's Creed could go like really fucking well is a more curated experience rather than an open world thing. Yes. Okay. But there is the cynic in me who's like, yeah, but this is just their stopgap. Like they need to do something. 
or, or they feel like they need to release an Assassin's Creed because like what what is the world going to do? The world's going to stop turning unless there's a fucking Assassin's Creed, right? Yes. So Mate, yeah, well, that, we'll find out. I don't think they want to risk it. Risk it for a biscuit. All right. What, what's next? Hit me up. Do you know what? I, I, I'm gonna to 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 make sure this uh, segment doesn't drag too much. Yeah, I'm let's say let's that rapid fire. Go, like yeah. going deep into the future, there are obviously things like Beyond Good and Evil Two, the Spring Cell happen. remake. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic, but and eh. massive entertainment Star Wars game. Yeah, but that's going to be far off, right? So exactly, all all three of those are going to be way far off. Roller Champions apparently still exists. Marion Rabbit Sparks of Hope uh, obviously still exists. Uh, okay. Hopefully, be good. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a third crew title. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, let, let, let's put in more influencer bullshit in there. Yeah, you big time. But Chris, the note that I actually wanted to end this all on is by mentioning a trio of free-to-play titles that we know about, but one of which I think will be a particular interest to you. First of all, the Division Heartland, which again is yeah. a free-to-play title in the, the uh, Division universe. Then you have Ghost Recon Frontline, which is the, the kind of the strange game that at one point had plans to have a public test. Um, yeah, and, and now they pulled it back like a week yeah, exactly. before or whatever. Uh, it has had closed tests and you know some gameplay did leak from that, but no one really knows where it is. But the thing I really wanted to gauge your opinion on, Chris, is can I sway your opinion on X Defiant by telling you that apparently, according to this report, it has dropped the Tom Clancy branding and it is now simply just X Defiant? I mean... Just because I remember that was a point of contention. It is a point of contention. And the, the the fact that they, let's say that it's true, the report's true, that they've removed Tom Clancy from the name, just goes to show how right we were. Yeah. But if if we're right about that, we're probably right about all the other issues we had with that reveal and that game. And it didn't just come down to Tom Clancy stuff. Um, I mean, Jamie, it's, it's, still, it's still like... God, I can't even remember what it was now, but it's still a, a hardcore <laughs> tactical shooter with the mosh pit aesthetic, Punk rock right? mosh pit. Punk, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, do, do you ever just get the feel that, like, everyone at Ubisoft just kind of goes to the bathrooms and smoke, smokes up crack or something? And then just goes, uh, it goes before they go into the, like, pitch meetings. And then they're just all hopped up and then they're just kind of, like, sp- blurred shit out. I think there's a little bit of that. I think I'd maybe I'd mix it with the fact like, yes, they're all on crack, but they're also all like 50-year-olds on crack, at least at the decision-making level. And they go, uh, they sort of get high and they say to themselves, oh, you know what the kids love? Uh, punk rock. And then someone else on the other side of the room goes, what about mosh pits? And they go, yeah. But what if you mix them both in a free-to-play first-person shooter? And they're like, yeah, okay. Well, that, yeah. That's, you throw Let- enough buzzwords together, eventually you'll have a game. Yeah. Let me ask you this, okay? What was the last Ubisoft game that you genuinely, genuinely adored? Oh my god! Uh, I'll tell you, mine was <laughs> mine was Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Assassin's Creed Odyssey would be up there for me. Watch Dogs Legion didn't really do it for me. Assassin's Creed Valhalla didn't really do it for me. Like Riders Republic was onto something, but I never exposed myself to it or vice versa for long enough for it to fully take hold. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is uh, Odyssey. I'm trying to think about what came out when now as well. Uh, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising was after Odyssey. Yeah, but I, 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 I'd be lying if I said I unequivocally loved that. I didn't even finish yeah. it in the end. 
Well, you I, I thought to, it was good. You, you can love a game that you don't have to finish. I, I, think I, like, I liked Odyssey a lot more than I liked Immortals Phoenix Rising. The best part of Immortals Phoenix Rising often reminded me yeah. of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I was trying to think about was, and it was definitely, I'm pretty sure it was before Odyssey, uh, was when, in fact, it had to have been before Odyssey, was when the first Marion Rabbids came out. Because, again, I thought that was a unique blend of two different IPs, admittedly one of which, the far better one, was not theirs. Um, <laughs> which, which else? But then, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, did, I, big... don't, I didn't play Siege. I didn't like the new Rainbow Six. Um, I think Ghost Recon Frontline... No, excuse me, Ghost Recon um, Breakpoint was a mess. Ghost Recon Wildlands was better, but uh, yeah. not perfect. For Division Honor didn't two, do it for was me. That, was that after... Division um, two was while we were at ATG. Uh, that would have to have been spring twenty nineteen. Yeah, but was that? That's after Odyssey. I think that's before Odyssey. Mm. Not by much, but I think that's before yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. Because um, I know I know you're really big into Division two. I, I, I'm a big I'm a big uh, unapologetically big a Division fan. Um, and like the the, the, the Division three was announced at the, like this year, that would be a huge deal for me. I worry yeah. massive entertainment. I've got a bit too much on. I'm looking through anything we missed. Obviously, we don't touch Just Dance. Jonesy did play Star Trek Bridge Crew, but I, I don't think there was anything <laughs> to write home about there. Starlink was a flop. Um, yeah. Trials Rising was a disappointing Trials game. Yeah. Obviously, Far Cry hasn't really set the world on fire for a little while now. I know some people really like Far Cry 5, um, but yeah. I wasn't even that crazy about Far Cry 5. But do you... Do you- you get the point. I'm kind of trying to. Like, I know you're right. Division two was after um, Odyssey, yeah. So it would be the Division two, I guess, for me. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're right, Chris. You're right. They, they are they are treading water at the moment by releasing solid games that just don't stick at all. Um, yeah. And I hope they change that uh, somewhere uh, between that list of games we just ran through. I hope the uh, yeah, there's the ho- hopefully they get it sorted by the time they whip out a fucking. <sighs> Uh, Splinter Cell remake. Exactly. Because uh, Lord knows, Chris, that uh, times can be tough out there and even the best and most revered of franchises can take a turn for the worst when bad decisions or perhaps more to the point bad business decisions can be allowed to interfere with that game's flow and everything that game (laughs) has going for it once you're actually playing with the controller in your hand. Uh, And that was regrettably the case when it comes to one of the most, if not the most revered, racing franchise, potentially of all time. Think about longevity. You think about history. You think about its significance, its importance within the annals of, if not, if not gaming history, then certainly Sony and PlayStation's gaming history. I'm afraid to say, Chris, the good name of Gran Turismo has been besmirched in this past week. Um, yeah. And yeah. as a result, Gran Turismo 7 has now become Sony's lowest ever user score on Metacritic. Yeah. Uh... I mean, this breaks my heart, Jamie. I think it breaks all our heart. Whether you're a Gran Turismo fan or you just want the best for good video games and just video games in general, yeah. this this is a heartbreaker. It, it's it's surprising, and and I don't know, I don't know where the blame lies. If it's from Polyphony or if it's from Sony themselves. Um, yes, but it is just heartbreaking. It's like a step backwards for the industry, um, and it it is definitely a it's a scar on the legacy of Gran Turismo. Like I was really fucking looking forward to this game and mm. 
like from what I'm hearing of it, obviously, you know, you, you got to experience it for yourself to see how badly it goes up against you. But like coming off of like a fairly disappointing Gran Turismo sport and just wanting like a really good mainline Gran Turismo in Gran Turismo yeah. 7 that looks as fucking good and is as technically kind of sound as you want from a Gran Turismo game to hear that they're putting in all these like weird pushes for games, micro microtransactions, like it's just fucking yeah. heartbreaking. So, so, so to break down for anyone that missed exactly what's going on with GT seven at the moment, the, a lot of the fallout in the past week has kind of been, uh, there's been two main reasons for it. One of them perhaps slightly more significant than the other though, starting with the lesser one, there was a, an issue in, in the past week where uh, after I think a patch that was pushed out, broke some features or made some features unreliable in a way that actually got Polyphony um, worried about the the game's uh, stability, there was actually a 24-hour down period between the yep. 17th and the 18th of March uh, where, because the game was essentially taken offline, most of the game's content was unplayable because of the significant amount of content that requires an internet connection, internet connection to access, which, of course, raised a whole bunch of questions around always online gaming, the amount of content locked yeah. behind an internet connection and how you're meant to sort of preserve games and look after games going forward when the service being switched off means that much for a game's experience. Um, but there were also other issues that, uh, as Chris mentioned, were tied to microtransactions, some of which were even worsened by that latest patch, which took the game to version 1.07. So for anyone who didn't know, there were actually uh, microtransactions in the game from the very beginning. They were criticized from the very beginning. They allowed people to essentially buy a currency, which then allowed them to buy cars. For anyone wondering, it was reported that some of Gran Turismo 7's cars cost as much as eight times what they did on GT Sport if you were to purchase them exclusively using real money. GT Sport was the technically the last in the Gran Turismo series, even though it wasn't numbered. Yeah. Um, so as if that wasn't bad enough, as if the cost of the cars <laughs> hadn't dramatically increased so much between titles, that patch uh, actually reduced the payout of several races and also took two late-game races that were people were using to farm credits um, and quote-unquote fixed it, which, um, again, to what extent... <laughs> which means that they fix. nerfed it because they didn't want people taking advantage. Yes, and, exactly. And this is, this is the aspect that is most disappointing to me. Like, look, in, in today's day and age, I think we just have to get used to the idea of content behind an online internet connection, okay? Like, mm -hmm. that's just... That's where we are, and that's where it's headed, and... We just have to kind of like make peace with that. What you can't make peace with is just scummy microtransaction stuff. And, and yeah. especially if like it's so bad that people start exploiting your game, that shouldn't happen to begin with. Your microtransaction shouldn't be so bad that it forces people to exploit the game just to unlock the content that they should be getting. And what's even worse to that is then patching out that exploit. Yeah, like I, I don't get it. Like it, I know it's tone deaf. It's super tone deaf, and you know what? Thank God, Elden Ring is as fucking juggernaut and behemoth as it is, because there's a fifty pound, fifty dollar game, okay, on next gen that doesn't have any microtransactions that mm -hmm. can keep you playing for a hundred hours plus, you know. And yes, they're tinkering behind the hood, but it's nothing malicious. This, you know, like it, it, it's almost like a rare breed. Like, why it, it it should show the industry that you don't need fucking scummy microtransactions to do it. And you know what? Like, 
I've been on record before saying, you know what, there's actually nothing wrong with microtransactions mm. as long as they're done right. But as as soon as microtransactions start um, altering gameplay decisions, you're in yeah. for a bad time. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Especially like I, the, the, we, you talk about like the patching element to this. You see it so many times, especially in games where you know there's an element of uh, acquiring and equipping different gear or different loot and making builds. And how many times you see games that have so many glaring problems, bugs, glitches that are in desperate need of fixing, and yet a patch will come out. Doesn't touch any of them, but you read the patch notes and we're like, "Oh yeah, we've completely nerfed this." Like at, at some point, it's like they're more interested and more concerned with protecting the investment that they're trying to acquire from players yeah. than they are in you know the actual best interests yeah. of the game, what makes it fun, and what makes the the best experience possible for the people that don't forget. In this case, across the board, invested a significant amount just to start playing the game. This isn't yeah. a free-to-play title protecting its <laughs> microtransactions. Yeah, this exactly. is a full. This is a next-gen title that costs God knows how much. Um, the, and and yeah. not only that, it's it's a marquee title for PlayStation, right? It is PlayStation's yeah. racing game. Like okay? Gran Turismo is the most like like you got. You have to protect it. It's like a national yeah. treasure. The, let, let's let's put a foil from Gran Turismo to Forza Horizon, where it's like when you're playing it, it's like. Fucking spin the wheel, get another fucking car every two minutes, right? <laughs> it was like, throwing cars at you. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it didn't need to go this way. And look, I get it. you got to make your money and you got to make your investment back. And there's always that thing of microtransactions and the whales. And like I said, there's not, in, in theory, there's nothing wrong with having a good old microtransaction being in your game. But, like, I don't know, man. It, it, it's just it's just not fair. It's not right. And it, if it was on Sony's part, same on shame on Sony. It's very uncharacteristic of them. If it's on Polyphony, I'm surprised that Sony didn't intervene. Yeah, and, but what's a bummer is that like you wonder what it will take to get through because you talk. We talk about how much noise we can make and how much of a stink we can make. But like we, we've communicated our issues with this in some ways before. You talk about now we're having a conversation around the lowest ever user score Metacritic for a uh, a Sony title or a yeah. PlayStation title before we've talked about the most downvoted comment in Reddit history when it referred to Star Wars Battlefront 2. You know, yeah. we've used, at we've least online, there, our, yeah. exactly, we've used our powers to communicate our, our dissatisfaction with something. And also, like you said, with its Elden Ring and beyond, there have been countless examples of microtransaction-free products that have come out being exactly what they are, exactly what they are as advertised, and sold unbelievably well, not necessarily as a result of that or as a byproduct of that, but in spite of that. And yet, no matter how much communicating we do, whether it's online with our voices or with the games we play and the games we support with our wallets, uh, it, the problem only seems to worsen. And I'm trying yeah. my best not to be disheartened that Gran Turismo 7 of all, st- of all games is being sullied by these issues, but it is kind of like... It's a real shame. It's a real but, shame. But Jimmy, they, they, it's Gran Turismo, dude. They didn't need to do it. No, not at all. Like it, it is the premier PlayStation fucking racing game. They don't need to do it. It's not like let's say fucking dropping a new Assetto Corso that that needs like it's it's a very niche audience to kind of like be rinsed so it can make a profit. You know, like okay, Assetto Corso is probably a bad idea because you know like iRacing and stuff. But sure. but would you get the idea? Like. Yeah, like 
a new project Gotham Racing would be like really fucking cool. People would really be into it, but it it's not Gran Turismo levels. No. Especially it's not, it's not Forza levels. It's just no. not. But even even the fact that we're talking about cars in a racing game doesn't sit well with me because most other games have realized over the last couple of years like okay we need to avoid a pay to win conversation here we need to make sure that there are no gameplay altering elements that are for sale and they've learned okay like you talk about we talk about ubisoft for example and how ridden with microtractions their stuff are at least they in most cases have gone like okay we need to make this a fucking cosmetic thing otherwise people are going to piss off get pissed off yeah when you're selling cars fundamentally even if they're not exclusively acquirable by microtransactions, but if you're selling them and also nerfing the rates at which people can make the credits that they need to buy them, you're incentivizing people to spend real money on one of the things that is... I mean, even the sentence I was about to say, describing cars as fundamental to a racing game, sounds dumb. They are the game. Yeah, they are. It's like, you know, yeah, oh, crazy. yeah, you don't have a steering wheel on this, but you have to, you have to buy it. It's mental. It's mental. Um, and it's a real shame. It's, uh, for anyone wondering, by the way, uh, at the time of recording Gran Turismo 7, it used a score of 2.5 out of 10, which appears, at least, to put it to below put it below every game in Metacritic's 27-year history uh, of tracking games released on the PlayStation. Uh, for those of you wondering who else was nearby, or at least in the conversation, uh, World of Warriors on PS4 had a, had a 2.9. NBA 10, The Inside, the PlayStation Portable, or the PSP to the cool kids, was at a 3.0. And uh, the PlayStation 1 smash hit Cool Borders 2001 has a 3.3, cool although it's borders. worth noting that all of those games have basically a handful of user reviews yeah. resulting in those averages. Gran Turismo 7, over 3,600. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's obviously a review bomb, but yes. warranted. Yes. You know, it's not like... You've like... got to communicate this stuff. You have to communicate this stuff. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, my and... God. That was so out of date. It's, it's At the time of recording, it's actually on a 1.5. Whoa. After after eight and a half thousand uh, ratings, that is Fuck. unfathomably low. But there you go. That is mad. That is madness. Yes, I, 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 I mean, can just yeah. I, I could just imagine there's probably an, an executive at EA who's like fucking wiping the sweat off of his brow because he he was so close to kind of doing the same thing on the next Need for Speed. Yeah, <laughs> but you but you also must wonder as well if there are people at Sony who were like, hang on a second. We went through everything we went through. We did like we whether it's you know the Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and God of War and uh, like I, I don't know just uh, ad nauseum. Like I don't remember any of those games having microtransactions or at least not intrusive ones. Like why this? Why this? Like what what happened? I don't get it, dude. Maybe maybe the pre-orders weren't enticing enough. I don't, I don't like, know, dude. Like I. I Trying to understand this is like fucking trying to lick your elbows. It's not going to happen, right? Like it's true, but but I, like I said, I don't understand why Sony lets it happen, whether from their side or from the developer side. Like I just don't get it. I don't know, and it will be interesting to keep tabs on this and see how you know how much further yeah. uh, Gran Turismo 7's reputation can be dragged yeah. through the mud, but, but and if you, someone has to reverse course on this. Do you, do you know what I'm saying, Jeremy? Like I'm not going to buy this game. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to either, so I'm not going to make a, a comment. But I, I, I was because like I like to have a racing game in my life, right? But yeah, you're an old school GT fan. You own a PS5. Like this could have been something it, that you picked it, up at some point. Yeah, it's a no brainer. It's like not a day one purchase because obviously like fucking Elden Ring. Yeah, but, but like it, 
you're right. It's exactly it's like a no brainer. It's like you have a PlayStation, you get you get the Gran Turismo for that PlayStation. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, exactly. I, I had GT Sport. Like he wasn't yeah. great. No, like I, I think the idea of like a, a, a large number of console owners wanting a high quality racing sim experience yeah. on that console is not crazy. It's a bit of a PS2 idea, but I don't think it's a completely died out. Yeah. That's a real uh, shame. And like I said, we'll keep, you know what? We'll keep tabs on it. And if anything changes, if anyone reverses course, if the, you know, the currency reward rates are pumped back up or the microtransaction uh, focus is watered down, you'll be the first to know because we'll tell you. Oh, yeah, um, baby. Unless uh, we've got other stuff to tell you. That's unless we have important. other stuff to tell you. And hey, that all depends on what happens in any given week. And uh, we just don't know. We're going to figure out as it comes, which is going to exactly be the case over the next seven days as we keep an eye on the news, see what happens, see what gets talked about. We'll scour the internet as we always do. And we'll come back this time next week with another hot load of news stories and uh, hot takes yeah. and reactions to give you. So if yeah. you want to, you know, make sure you catch that, then you're already in the right place. Yeah. And uh, can I say, if you think that we should start every single podcast with, <laughs> how did you? What's up, motherfuckers? I don't really remember the first. Uh, can I, Chris? I can say this with hindsight because it's always mm. twenty twenty. The first half an hour of this podcast, fucking train wreck, absolute train wreck. <laughs> I wanted to start a go start again the whole time. Um, if you had said that you wanted to, I probably would have let you. To be fair. Oh, why didn't you tell me that now? We could have done it all over. Now it's way too deep. All right, let's start again, Jamie. Let's start again. Okay. Uh, Jonesy, if you're editing this, this was the take not to use. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't upload this version of the podcast. Chris and I are going to record another better version right now, yeah. and that will be the version to upload. We're going to yeah. clearly label it. Hopefully there's no confusion. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Jonesy. Yeah, cheers, mate.